Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another edition of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch. I'm president-elect of NSPS, uh, filling in for Kurt Sumner today. And my guest today uh, is probably a guy you've seen somewhere out in the uh, the ether with uh, some of the, the things he's had going on pushing the, uh, the surveying uh, profession out and about. Uh, Joining me today is Mr. Trent Keenan with Diamondback Land Surveying in Las Vegas. And uh, I've, I started noticing Trent's stuff a, a little while back, and then he jumped on the, the Get Kids Into Survey bandwagon with uh, Elaine and Ellie Ball. We'll get into that as well, and uh, a couple of cool characters. And uh, like I said, just starting to hear a, a lot more of between Diamondback and, and Trent's name going around that, uh, hey, this is a guy that uh, that's put himself out there to help everybody. And that's one reason we wanted to have him on here and talk about what he's got going on. So Trent, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here today. I appreciate uh, yeah, the opportunity. It's a, uh, it's a great thing. And I've, I've been listening to the podcast since day one or found him, found him last year and kind of been listening to him ever since. So I've listened to them all and enjoy, uh, enjoy the insight and everything that we can that we gain from these so you bet well that's one reason we want to have you on because uh you're part of that insight uh you, you really are so i guess the question i always love starting out with uh is surveying how the heck did you get into surveying everybody has a unique story so what's yours right um my story and i guess uh some people say the the profession found found me i guess right so right i'm a high school high schooler i'm a high school kid driving down the road i uh i watch a couple of guys jump out uh of a survey truck i stopped at the seven uh convenience store to get a drink and saw a couple of guys grab their equipment walk out to the center of the intersection i thought oh that's cool and that was at 16 years old and uh did a little bit of research and and uh kind of started my career path down the going into uh what it takes to become a surveyor so that's it's the strangest story, but uh, I've had no family members, no engineering experience. I was uh, doing actually a, um, helping a side uh, business. My dad used to do carpentry, and so I'd work uh, after high school, and we'd go frame in houses and do different things. So I had a little bit of construction world, but uh, no survey or engineering background whatsoever. So Nice, nice. Now, has this all been in the, the Las Vegas area your entire entire career? So I uh, actually started surveying. I went to college uh, in uh, Mesa, Arizona for AutoCAD, and I got an associate's degree in AutoCAD. Okay. And uh, from there, I moved to uh, moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico for about 18 months. And that's actually where I started and really got the, got the bug for it, um, you know, dealing with the old uh, research at the courthouses and doing the old farm surveys and all that kind of stuff where you really, you know, really enjoy that kind of stuff. So that's where I got started and then i moved back to las vegas um 
1990, 1997, I guess it was. So, you know, and like, and like we were talking right before we, we we started, I mean, being in Vegas, I mean, you've seen a lot of things happen there with the ups and downs of the economy and what, uh, what surveyors can, can live through. So, uh, uh, I imagine that's been an experience in itself. I mean, especially in a town like that, where it seems like every three years, they're knocking a hotel down and putting something bigger up. Yeah, exactly. And so I, when I moved back to Las Vegas, I actually worked for uh, the local utility company for quite a few years and then uh, about 10 years and then I got licensed, um, worked for a private firm for a couple of years and I actually started my business June 1st, 2008, which was the bottom of the economy. So <laughs> I, uh, nowhere I but started up. at the bottom. And there, that's right. Nowhere but up. So it, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great ride for now uh, 12 plus years. So Nice. Very cool. Uh, so you've bounced or, I mean, not bounced around, you've been in a few different places to survey. Any particular one stands out as a, as a favorite that you remember, remember going and doing? Um, I would say, you know, kind of favorite place to survey is, uh, I've been involved in a lot of the border work since, uh, 2008. So okay. anywhere between, uh, El Paso, Texas and San Diego and, uh, Surveying any one of those international boundaries is probably one of the my favorite places to survey. That's pretty cool. I, I didn't realize that you were working down down that far south. That is uh, that is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah you know gonna, well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's been it's been uh, been enjoyable. Oh yeah, exactly. And I uh, I just I can't imagine. I mean, what what does it take to survey along an international boundary? I mean, what. What what are you up against as far as research and monumentation and just going through the through the motions of of the international boundary? So there's uh, there's actually 276 border monuments between El Paso, Texas, and San Diego. Um, number one is in El Paso. Number 258 is uh, just at the ocean in San Diego. And then there's a few like monument number two A and monument number two B and that kind of stuff. So there's a few intermittent ones, but uh, the it's challenging because of the terrain obviously it's not uh there's very few places where it's flat and so you're always dealing with uh mountainous uh high desert and that kind of stuff so it's uh it's got its challenges four-wheel drive is a uh, is a requirement <laughs> wow i learned something today i mean that's that, that's that's fascinating it really is because i've always i've always wondered that i mean it's not like the the canadian border where it's a, a, along a specific uh, latitude. It's just, yeah, that's really, really, really interesting. So, wow, I learned something today. I'm going to check, I, I check the box for the day. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, and if go ahead. anybody wants, there's, there is a, uh, there's a gentleman who put out a book about all of the international, the border monuments between Mexico and uh, the U S and it's called the Dave Taylor monuments. And you can actually get it on Amazon. It's about a 300 page book, really really huge book. Um, but he, he's been to everyone. He took pictures of everyone and did a little bit of research on, on every single one of those monuments. So Dave Taylor monuments is the name of the book. Wow. That's, I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that one up because you know, that's, I guess that's the common thread with surveyors is, and, and my wife yells at me all the time, watch where you're going. I am watching where I'm going. I'm looking down. I'm looking for monuments. I'm looking for any kind of, any kind of scratches anywhere. I don't know. Just, it's something in the blood. Yeah, all the way. Uh, I do the same. If you go to Disneyland, Disney World, Sea World, they all have their own survey monuments. So, so there's pictures of 
of those all over the place. So, well, since you've been, I mean, most of I mean, with all your work out west, um, and I guess, do you have a have any uh, favorite instruments you like to use? I mean, is it all GPS? Is there any particular instrument that you really liked using during your career? I uh, on that question, I wrote down Sokia Set Four B. So yes, a little date, dating myself, but oh no, that's back, okay. Uh, yeah, right. Nineteen ninety-seven, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I'm sure you know it was prior to that. But uh, I love the days of uh, turning angles and looking through the mirrors and having to have triple prisms. And those were those were the great days. Um, of course, you say that now they they weren't at the time, but they were right. the, the great days now. But um, and then of course you know traditional, we stay up with the latest and greatest technology. So it's you know it's S7s with you know, TSC seven data collector type stuff. So you it, bet. Um, it's the latest and greatest, but yeah, definitely going back old, going back a uh, long ways to the Sokia days. Sure. So. Oh, absolutely. Hey, I'm just trying to give you a little street cred here. I mean, uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, 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 something to, you know, to wear, wear on, wear on your lapel that, Hey, we, we've surveyed with, with some of the old stuff before the, for the really cool toys came out. So, but, uh, that's um, right. I tell you what. One thing I do, I do want to make sure and uh, jump into right away is is we talked about a little bit earlier the, the get kids in the survey with uh, Elaine Ball, Ellie Ball. How in the world did you get hooked up with them? I'm always curious on how. I mean, I know how I I talked to them initially, but I'm always curious how people found them and how they got introduced. Uh, so for me, obviously, podcast. NSPS nice. podcast, right? Um, you had interviewed them and uh, listened to it and then did a whole bunch of checking into it and it falls in really right in line with my principles and what I'm doing and, um, you know, on all the different uh, survey boards that I'm on. I'm at some point or another, I'm in charge of either advanced education or career fairs or, sure. you know, any of the trick star type stuff. So it fell really in line um, to, you know, along that path of getting the younger kids involved and in, in using it for our career fairs and stuff. So that was, uh, that's how I got involved, but you really, it was through this podcast and just, Oh, well, that's, and- well, that's good. That's good. Um, like I said, I, I, I appreciate what you've done, uh, with them and embracing it and, and pushing it along because it is, it's a great tool for, for the elementary kids. Um, I, I, I always tell people, I liken it to a Pixar movie that, Yes, it's aimed for the kids, but when you show this to an adult and try to help explain what it is you do for a living, it just really helps the, the profession come alive. So, um, it, no, I, like I said, I'm really impressed and really glad that other people are jumping on like yourself. So that's that's really, really cool. Yeah, um, Nick, it, uh, you know, I, I built uh, two of the sandboxes for, for both northern and southern Nevada here. Nice. And uh, between the sandbox between the sandboxes and you know they get kids into survey all of that stuff plays so well together um you know presents well good well what kind of student outreach is going on in nevada right now i know you're like i said you're really involved with uh, a, a lot of the organizations out there what uh what are you doing and what are you what are you seeing that works to be able to to get out in front of these kids um just before uh just before everything kind of you know turned to the, at the beginning of the year we did a uh another gentleman that here in Las Vegas, uh, Jason Higgins, we presented to his uh, Christian high school and um, they 
they're working on getting a gym. And so we presented it to them on what it's going to take in order for the, those kids to get their high school gym uh, built. And so we, we presented it as a, a career in mathematics and then, um, and then just kind of showed them through the steps of what it was going to take to, to get in their gym that they're, you know, so anxious they're waiting for. Um, and so that worked, you know, presenting it in a real world uh, manner helped, uh, helped to understand a lot more. Good. Good. Because I mean, that's, that just seems to be that age old question that keeps rearing its ugly head. Um, especially on, social media and such is how do we expose the, the younger generations to this wonderful profession? Um, and I'm always interested to hear other people's perspective, other people's ideas, thoughts, and things they've done to try to do exactly that. So to hear it uh, getting pushed at a, at a, at a high school level like that is, is, is great information, great, uh, a great example and definitely making notes on, on that type of stuff. Uh, where do you see where we need to continue to, to push as far as the profession? Where, where, if you had all the time in the world to do nothing but promote the profession and get that next generation, and what would you do besides also having to work for a living? Right. Uh, definitely, we have uh, quite a few vocational type uh, careers, high schools here. And um, my daughter actually graduated from one and she graduated from kind of the engineering program at her high school. So... It would be, you know, perfect world would be to uh, to get involved with all of these uh, vocational career tech high schools or um, some of the same similar here. We have some of the STEM middle schools as well. So getting involved with any of these uh, STEM programs and in, in the STEM schools is is a perfect world. Sure, sure. Well, without getting, I guess, too uh, controversial here. Um, because there's still there's still this kind of once again this kind of this age old argument of education to as a route to licensure versus experience whatever. Um, with the world according to Trent, what's what is the perfect perfect scenario for either licensure or a good path for technicians? I mean, what do you see that works that works best for the profession? Because a lot of people are still pushing. The education side, which in this day and age with all the, the high-tech toys, I think we have to have it. But what do you see that really actually works in the real world? Uh, definitely the, you know, I, I have a, my daughter's uh, just starting her second year in, in college and she's continuing on with the survey career. So I, I'm, a, I'm a mixed of a four-year degree and, and experience. I, I truly am. I, I, you know, 25 years into this profession and I... I don't know it all and none of us, you know, somebody who's at 50 or 60 years still doesn't know it all. So um, I think the the foundation and of the college education will get it going. Um, the, you know, you need so much, so much round education in order to succeed in this profession, whether it's, whether it's English and writing reports or it's math to, you know, to determine the boundaries, every single thing, the communications and, dealing with clients, you need every single discipline and every, every subject in that's offered in college right now. And I, and I feel it's necessary. So that's, you know, and I'm, I'm of the same, uh, same belief. I gotta be honest with you. Cause, um, didn't go to college for surveying. I'm a second generation surveyor. And, uh, 
you know, back then that worked, it worked for me. I was able to, I was, uh, grew up in Illinois. I was one of the last ones that got licensed in Illinois before they went to the four-year degree. Um, today, I think you're exactly right. You have to have a mix of the education with the experience. Uh, if you're going to be a good business person in, in all of this as well, you really need to be. Um, and I understand, you know, there's people that just want to go do the field, want to go uh, do lot surveys, what have you. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough, but no, I, I like where you're at there. Um, yeah, it takes, it takes, a, it takes a lot, you know, yes. and, uh, and it's, for me, it's, uh, it's been, it's been self study and self taught, you know, I didn't, I didn't do the degree path either, but, uh, mm -hmm. I can, tell you, I, I can tell you, I've probably put as much time into the books without going to college than, than someone who did go to college. It, it takes a lot to do this profession as a self study. Yep. It, yes, it does. Definitely does. Um, I guess. Well, I know it, there was other something else I wanted to, wanted to touch on was uh, I had the pleasure of taking part in the uh, Nevada, Arizona, California, uh, basically the, 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 the little three tri-state conference, uh, virtual conference uh, last a week ago. And I know you were a big part of that. And that's kind of become our part of our new world with uh, COVID-19. Uh can you give us any insight to kind of some behind the scenes, how it went for, for the Nevada society and, and how you guys so pulled this thing off so well, I thought it was very well attended and it was just very well presented. Yeah, I loved, uh, I loved every bit of it. And, uh, you know, we all had our reservations and then, you know, I'm sure everybody going into it, I had their reservations. How's this going to work? And that's, that's the surveyor's mindset, of course. But, um, came together so seamlessly um obviously tons of behind the scenes and and chrissy with uh chrissy and dorothy with ams who manage um they're our executive director for nevada and uh, also executive director for um arizona you know, just researched and got so much uh information and what platforms were required to make it work um created the it was basically the app but it was you know a web-based um app system that we were able to go in and link and register, um, jump from room to room, and it was seamless. And, it, and we would talk in uh, in each one of the presentations. It was, you know, a video only where you would um, see the speaker and then you would have the chat room and the Q&A sessions. But then when, we, when each session was done, we would go into a break room where we had free reign to discuss. And I think some of the best conversations come out of those break rooms and uh, they were a half hour long and we would have all kinds of different topics. Obviously we started with uh, the Elaine and Ellie doing their presentation on getting everybody up to speed on what get kids into survey and how it was created and why it was created. And then we just went into different break sessions like, you know, new survey technologies or um, the each night ended with a happy hour session. And again, those, the exhibitors were, allowed a 10 minute time slot where they could go in and present uh, anything, whether, you know, any survey manufacturing or uh, exhibitor. We had the uh, insurance, Laura Ledbetter present uh, about her topic and what she was going through uh, the next morning. Um, and it was just, it went so well. And mm -hmm. everybody, uh, we got great feedback from, from all attendees. You wouldn't have expected, you know, almost 400 attendees um, for a, for a zoom conference, but, it was awesome. 
That was good. Uh, I, I participated in most of it. I'll be honest with you, some of the happy hours, because I'm two hours ahead of you, got it a little later into the night right. and I had other things going on, but uh, everything else. And, you know, that's one reason I wanted to bring up how well this pulp was pulled off, because for me, I, I have to agree with you. The breaks were fantastic. Um, yes, the seminars were good. I always liked John Stahl. I always like hearing what he has to say. Um, but the breaks were, were especially fascinating for me. And that's one reason I wanted to discuss them with you was the interaction and to be able to, to have all of these people from various places to be able to get together and talk about some stuff, which kind of dovetails into the, the next part, which uh, for listeners of the series uh, have heard recently that Kurt was talking to a gentleman from Florida that uh, really gave, gave Kurt the idea and of having a, basically a, a group of mentors through uh, NSPS that we could list them on the on the uh, web page or or what have you, and be able to connect young younger or just less experienced people with somebody of a, a mentor, Jim Cohn uh, from Washington, who's put out a a really nice t- uh, technician's book, and then just having to casually mention that, and then you being on that same break the other day, you know, and talking about. Uh, basically, uh, a happy hour, uh, a, a mentor session to where, you know, whatever time set, let's expand on that. I mean, you were the one that come up with that idea and w- what do you have in mind? I mean, what, what do you foresee this, this whole thing? I mean, it, it's a great idea. What do you foresee how it happens, how it, how it breaks down? Again, uh, you know, coming up on my 25th anniversary and finally just kind of, feeling comfortable and you know really what did it for me is at believe it or not at 44 i don't feel like the young surveyor anymore um (laughs) and so it kind of it kind of turned me to that there is a lot of younger generation and a lot of younger guys who want and uh want the help and and i'm looking you know as as the new technology has come available and it's become more of a norm and more of accepted did I th- my thought process um, I've been brainstorming about it kind of all summer long was listen to these different podcasts and podcasts are great and it's great to have these one-on-one conversations but this uh, mentoring Monday um, is kind of the thought process and mentoring Monday would be more of a live a live zoom session go to meetings whatever platform we end up getting it on and uh, having the ability for people to just come in like we had those break sessions come in and Hey, I'm having this issue with the boundary, or I'm having this issue with my data collector, or or right. any anything, whatever it may be. And so you're not uh, you're not having to pose those questions on social media, and then these you know get the keyboard bashings for having to yes. ask a single question. Where so I that's the frustrating part to the social media, and I want to be able to provide a platform for someone to ask a question and and have you know on the you know, on somebody on this Zoom meeting, we're going to have 500 years of experience and somebody's going to have an answer to one of those questions. So right. um, it's, it's it's getting people from across the country together. We'll have to find a, a happy time, you know, whether it's, you know, four o'clock Pacific, five o'clock. At some point, it's going to be somebody's dinner time and it's just, you know, it won't necessarily work out for every single person. But with I'd like to make it a an entire U.S. situation where we all just jump on one meeting 
try to keep it smaller, right? I'll, I'll, we'll do some kind of registration for the classes, whether it's 50, 75, 100 people in a room, in a Zoom meeting right. type of thing, but keep it manageable. Um, and uh, that way we can kind of get through a lot of the questions. And if it takes an hour, or if it takes two hours, it, it is what it is. But um, right. it's giving back to the community and, and giving back to the people that need the help. No, I think it, the help. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great idea. I mean, unfortunately, COVID has forced a lot of us to have to communicate this way. And I'll be honest with you, there are some days where I don't want to be on a video conference any more than I have to be. Uh, but uh, to your point that to be able to, uh, to go into a friendly forum, to ask those questions, you know, even if there's a, uh, a uh, majority of the people that, that just even just kind of lurk, that listen, uh, to have a few people ask questions, but and even just have just to listen to the answers, um, there might be, you know, my, chances are there's going to be people who are going to ask the questions that you already are wanting to hear something or something you know, in general. Um, I think offering that platform up is a, is a fantastic idea, and I applaud you for thinking of that. That uh, there's got to be, there's going to be a way we're going to pull this thing off, and uh, We'll see what we can do to to help and and uh, make yeah. make this really a, a a cool thing. Yeah, over the I want to. I'm hoping between now and you know maybe the, this month of September get everything set up. Um, my 25th anniversary is actually of getting in the profession is uh, October 9th. So nice. I would like to do it. You know, almost in conjunction with that. So it's you know just just a goal to to try to get done. And I've always had some type of goal, whether it was start a business by you know certain age or you know, get licensed by a certain age or whatever. So put a date and uh, set a goal and get it done. Sure. Sure. Well, and as far as still being, you know, you, you can feel like a young surveyor all you want. You really can. You should. I'm, I'm telling you it's okay. Cause I do that yeah, myself, but uh, it's, it's when you start getting employees, this is happening. It's happened in the, the last, I don't know, five, six years is now having employees that say, Oh, I got to go home. My, my parents birthday and Oh, how, you know, how, and it's the same age I am. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I'm officially old. You're my employees are young enough to be my children. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, we can we can stay young at heart. Um, That's right. So, uh, what what is what does Trent see on the on the on the horizon? What uh, what's the next twelve to eighteen months, depending on COVID? What uh, what's gonna what's gonna happen with uh, Trent and his business, and what's gonna happen with surveying? Um, me and my business, obviously we've, uh, I've started June 1st of 08 and we've only had one flat year. We've continued to grow every single year and I hope that continues. Um, even, even this year we've, we've continued to grow even this year. So, um, fingers crossed, we keep doing things right. Um, keep treating, you know, clients right and employees right. We'll, uh, we'll keep going with the success we've had. Sure. Um, where the where the surveying's going, you know, technology and and all of this uh, automated software, automated point cloud systems, um, that's really I think probably what's going to take off in the next eighteen months. Where it's almost, you know, you have you've already got a lot of automated pointing point cloud systems that are kind of drafting the the drone work for you and that kind right. of stuff. Um, so I would imagine those platforms or the the topo dot type stuff where you know all of that augmented reality stuff and and AI is probably where the next pop will be in the next eighteen months. I feel 
Sure. Well, and I think it, it just goes back to what uh, we were talking about earlier about it, it's great to have some on the on the job training for a lot of that stuff, but there is some education that needs to be done. There is some 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 formal classes that need to be, you know, it, it might not seem like college, but it uh, there is some formal training that needs to go on with some of this this heavy duty uh, processing that we're going to be doing. So, I, yeah, I it, I, I do definitely agree with the, the, the combination of education and, uh, and on the job is definitely uh, a way to go. All right. Yeah. Uh, one last final question. Not really question. It's more uh, just a, uh, let's leave it at that, that uh, if you had a piece of advice for, for future surveyors and something you would also go back and tell the 20 year old Trent, what of, of how to look forward in, in your career what would you offer to your younger self and to surveyors that are looking to get into the profession now? Learn a lot and take your time. Um, this is not a profession that you become, you know, a party chief in a week or a LS in a year. Um, this profession takes a long time. It, uh, it's the old adage of, you know, the parents don't grow up so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so you just, there's so much to learn. Um, as I said earlier, I'm 25 years into this business and all of us are still learning every day. Um, we can all go out and we can shoot points and we can, you know, locate a corner, but it's, uh, knowing whether that corner is in the right spot. And that's, that takes 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. Um, and so my advice is, uh, is just, it's going to take a while but you will get there. Uh, keep working hard every single day. You will be recognized for going above and beyond, um, for any place that you work at and, uh, take, uh, self-study and keep learning outside of even learning outside of school. So. Yep. I think, I think, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it. This is, this is definitely a profession that you you will continue practicing forever um, you, you will never master it. I, I truly believe that, that, uh, there's always something to be learned, uh, especially with technology. Uh, you know, that was something that Kurt said in one of his, uh, earlier, uh, episodes with one of the young surveyors that is that, you know, for a long stretch there, especially with, uh, you know, the generation ahead of me. And then even, even in my early career, there was technology really didn't play. I mean, we, so much of a role that, you know, if we had an EDM, that was great, um, but it just seems like you know in these last uh, last two decades, it's it is just a continuing uh, education process because of the technology. So to your point, don't stop learning; just keep keep after it and uh, just keep pushing yourself. So that's uh, that's great advice. So and would have twenty year old Trent listen to you now? Um. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, okay, well, good, good. I say that only because of where I'm at, right? I mean, and what I've what I've been able to accomplish. So, I would say, I would say yes. <laughs> well, good, well, good, and and I guess then that's to to me. I think is one reason I I was really looking forward to to having you on here and and talking about what what it's taken to get get you where you're at now. Is it's been a drive. It's been goals. It's you know don't don't give up on yourself that set yourself some goals and just keep digging, uh, for those goals. And, um, 
to me, you'll end up like Trent. He's 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 obviously made a name for himself, and he's doing quite well. And I'm I'm proud to to say he's part of part of the surveying profession. So, uh, I I I I applaud everything you've done, and uh, I think you're you're a great role model for uh, for our next generation. So please please keep keep preaching and keep going with it. Yeah, absolutely. I will. Uh, I'm currently on five survey, diff, diff, five different survey boards, and I uh, I do my part. So, well, good, well, good. Yeah. Well, sir, I appreciate it. It's been a blast. Um, I would like to. We'll, we'll invite you back and catch up uh, once we get get your mentoring Mondays or whatever we get going. Uh, I do want to have you back, and we'll see where where that's all going because I think it's going to be a hit. I think it's going to be a big thing, uh, especially helping people either developing their skills for, for licensure or even developing their skills for the CST and what have you. I think it's going to be a good thing. So, um, Absolutely. don't, don't stop. Just, uh, just keep pushing everybody around us and, uh, let's just keep going. So thank you for coming on. Of course. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll, uh, we'll try again another day and, uh, uh, we'll see who's coming up next. Uh, I think Kurt's got a couple of great uh, interviews coming up in the next few weeks. So, uh, uh, once again, this is Surveyor Says, and thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.